What a difference a day makes. The Chicago White Sox gave up 16 runs to Boston on Tuesday, and then the White Sox come back on Wednesday night with Lucas Giolito on the mound, and they limit the Red Sox to just one run. A good pitching will always beat good hitting, and Wednesday was a perfect example of that. The White Sox sent Dallas Keuchel to the hill on Thursday to get the series win. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Socks. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search Locked On White Socks. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. I really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, our version of a soft-tossing lefty, Dallas Keuchel, takes the mound for the Sox tonight. Rich Hill for the Red Sox mystified the White Sox until Berger finally got to him. But first, after giving up 16 runs on Tuesday night, White Sox pitching held Boston to just one run. A state of the White Sox, they are 22-21 and 21. Uh, chasing the Twins in the AL Central by four and a half uh, games. Uh, White Sox beat Boston three to one Wednesday night. How about that? Um, really interesting to see the Boston Red Sox, after scoring 16 runs, put out the exact same lineup on Thursday, uh, while the Chicago White Sox put out their 43rd different uh, lineup. Um, it didn't work out for the Red Sox. I do believe good pitching will always beat good hitting. However, it is nice to see that a team that had some success uh, tries to recreate some consistency and put out the same lineup. Wondering if our White Sox might do the same thing uh, tomorrow after getting this uh, big 3-1 to one win. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so what did uh, Lucas Giolito learn from Tuesday night? He was in the dugout. Uh, watching uh, what happened uh, to Dylan Cease. And you got to think that he has, you know, he has a great uh, relationship with Ethan Katz. And when a pitcher is, you know, on deck, so to speak, and they get the second uh, crack at a team, and you're sitting there watching this team just completely manhandle your pitching, uh, I would assume you got to go to the video. You got to see what these guys were attacking, what pitches they were jumping on. And what from your arsenal uh, might you want maybe try to limit uh, from what Boston uh, did against Cease and our bullpen? 
Uh, it sure seemed like Giolito uh, had a pretty good plan. Uh, in the first, his changeup was working uh, early. Uh, he got two outs pretty quickly, and then J.D. Martinez, who's been on fire, gets a base hit, uh, a walk to uh, Bogarts, and then a little flare in short left field uh, by Verdugo. And not just like that, Boston's up one nothing. So you're probably saying to yourself, here we go again, this Boston team. We can't get rid of them. Uh, Trevor Story uh, is up to bat. He has been hot, works the count to full. Gio's at 26 pitches at this point. Uh, and then gets him to ground out to Tim Anderson, ends the threat. So 27 pitches for Giolito in the first. Uh, in the second, Gio gets the first out, then a walk and another flare. Two on with nobody out. Ethan Katz comes and makes a visit. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like Ethan Katz has been making visits uh, kind of early, a little bit earlier than maybe we've seen last year. As soon as there's any trouble with some of our starting pitchers, uh, he's coming out there. Uh, so he comes out in the second, talks to Giolito, and he gets out of that inning without any harm. It was a good visit. Uh, third inning, first two guys on, a walk and a duck snort. Uh, Giolito's at 53 pitches at this point uh, with one out in the third. Uh, pretty great double play. Trevor Story pulled one to right, uh, right to Mankata, who stepped on the bag and then threw across the diamond to Abreu, so no harm done. Again, Mankata threw some leather in Wednesday's ninth game. Uh, fourth inning, another leadoff walk, uh, but again, no harm, no foul. You, you kind of felt like, you know, he's playing with fire a little bit. A lot of uh, leadoff walks, getting the letting the first guy get on, uh, but Giolito got stronger as the game went on. He was at the, the sixth inning at, a, at 90 pitches, uh, which was, of course, probably going to be his last inning. Huge strikeout to start things out. And then an outstanding diving catch by Andrew Vaughn. If you didn't see it, take a look. Uh, big time catch from Vaughn uh, in right to get the third out. It was a very quick inning. Gio ended that inning with 101 pitches. His final line for the evening, six innings, five hits, one earned run, four walks, seven strikeouts, and his ERA now sits at 2.63. Uh, the four walks... Uh, that is, you know, kind of, kind of surprising that those four walks didn't come around and bite us. Uh, if you've watched enough White Sox games, uh, nothing kills you more than those leadoff walks. And thankfully, none of that, uh, none of that hurt us. But he was playing with fire a little bit. But as I mentioned, and Stone talked about it too on the telecast, uh, Giolito starting to get much stronger now. Um, you know, after having that injury to uh, at the beginning of the season, and you know. Uh, it's a good sign. Uh, he gave up that quick, that quick run, settled down, and uh, gave you six uh, innings strong. Uh, the bullpen took over with Bummer. Uh, he only threw a, a, maybe eight pitches, faced a couple guys, and then Graveman came in uh, to face J.D. Martinez, and Martinez continues to hit. He had a base hit, so two on, two out. Walked Bogarts to load the bases, and then uh, Verdugo uh, got a ground out Threat was over, thankfully. Uh, Ver, Verdugo was the uh, the guy who had, had the only RBI for Boston, so it was nice that Graveman was able to get out of that. A very clean-shaven Kendall Graveman. Uh, looked a little different there. Uh, here's where things uh, problematic now. Uh, Joe Kelly comes in, got a couple of strikeouts, and then left uh, with a trainer. 
Uh, we were uh, told in the post game that uh, Joe Kelly suffered a, uh, a hamstring pull or some tightness. Something was uncomfortable with his hamstring. Uh, quite, quite the theme with our Chicago White Sox over the last few years, hamstring injuries. Uh, hopefully it was just maybe a cramp and nothing more than that because Kelly had a, a pretty nice little outing there with those two strikeouts. Um, Hendricks comes in for a uh, four-out save. He got the job done in the eighth. Great play by Tim Anderson to help him out uh, to end the eighth. So Hendricks comes out in the ninth, and it's always an adventure, it seems, especially with these close games. Uh, ground out, beautiful ground out. Yohan Mankata, as I said, throwing some leather. Uh, he had a great play uh, at third. Got the first out of the inning, a walk, then a strikeout. Uh, and then Hendricks kind of, you know, takes a moment and ties his shoe. And I, uh, I was a pitcher all throughout middle school, high school, pitched one year in college. And that was always something that my pitching coach would say, um, you know, if you're just, if you need a moment, if you just need to calm things down, you might not need to tie a shoe, but just step off. And, you know, you can untie the shoe and then retie it just to focus. And it kind of seemed like Liam Hendricks needed to do that. Just take a moment. Uh, unfortunately, another walk. Things got a little tense. He was at 27 pitches, but then got the job done by a pop out to short right field that Andrew Vaughn caught. Almost collided with Josh Harrison. Uh, Steve Stone with a, an outstanding call on that play basically saying, Josh Harrison, what in the world are you doing over there? Uh, that was not Harrison's ball, as Vaughn was the man running in. He had the call, made the catch. Thankfully, a White Sox a winner, uh, thanks to our pitching, uh, and a little bit of offense. Uh, not, a, not many hits, but a big hit from Jake Berger uh, last night. And I'm going to tell you why it might be time to see more Jake Berger, uh, more on that uh, in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so we mentioned a little bit about the offense on Wednesday night, and there wasn't much going on. Uh, Boston threw a soft-tossing lefty, Rich Hill, 42-year-old Rich Hill. Uh, he made his debut in 2005. He's bounced around to many of team. 
lots of breaking balls, uh, 88, 89 miles per, miles per hour on that fastball. He was keeping our hitters off balance uh, all night long. Uh, coming into the game, Jose Abreu, pretty hot his last eight games, 10 for 29 with a 345 average, two home runs, seven RBIs, and five walks. Abreu on Wednesday night was one for two, uh, two walks and a run scored. Uh, Mancada, the opposite of that. He has been ice cold. Uh, last eight games uh, coming into Wednesday, three for 34, zero home runs, zero walks, slash line 0. 0.088, 0. 0.088, 0. 0.118. Uh, if you're wondering, those numbers are indeed uh, bad. On Wednesday night, uh, he was 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Uh, he did have a couple fabulous plays at third, but he needs to get right. Uh, guys like uh, Yasmani and Mankata, they need to get going. Uh, it looked like Mankata was trying to, you know, swing out of his shoes on some of these uh, slow pitch, slow pitches from Rich Hill. Just the the approach was off, but that's how it's been for Mankata. He he's something's going on with him. Um, Tim Anderson has been very hot, however, not so much on Wednesday night. He was 0 for 4. Uh, some new ad campaigns featuring Tim Anderson are going to be at some L stations throughout Chicago. Uh, that's great to see. Love the campaign. Uh, you know, it's so interesting to me how quickly the promotions department can uh, capitalize on an opportunity. We've seen this in years past with our White Sox. When something happens, they are really quick to uh, just blow that up and get it everywhere. I, I really wish the front office uh, acted with that urgency, uh, especially in the off season. Uh, Sox to start the uh, evening were six up, six, or, sorry, seven up, seven down. Uh, Rich Hill uh, was completely mystifying our White Sox hitters um, McGuire drew a walk to break up the, the perfect game. Again, Rich Hill, uh, a 42-year-old uh, Rich Hill, he had a no-hitter after four. Uh, it really seemed like the White Sox were just completely confused by what they were seeing. Um, like, um, like nobody can throw this slow in the MLB. This is not possible. It was, it was only, if you ever watched those, just, you know, a celebrity softball game uh, uh, during the All-Star weekend. Some of these uh, folks that haven't swung a bat in 10 years, uh, you know, want to support their city. They put a jersey on and they just, you know, they, they look like fools. Uh, our White Sox, our actual, our players, our Major League Baseball players looked completely confused and foolish by what Rich Hill was doing. Um he only had one strikeout through four innings. He was inducing a lot of ground balls. I think guys were just trying to do way too much, take the ball over, uh, you know, over the fence in the gap and, and tough to generate that much power when not a lot is coming in at you. Uh, our, also our hitters not taking pitches, uh, allowing a 42 year old Rich Hill to be in cruise control. Uh, up until the fifth inning, it was problematic. That's when things changed. Abreu let off with a double. Uh, Pollock gets on with an infield hit. So two on, nobody out for Berger. And you're probably saying to yourself, just something to right field. Take one of those bending rainbow curveballs that he's going to throw you that's going to hit the outside corner. Just punch it into right field. Let's just get a run over. 
but that was not enough for Jake Berger. He hit a bomb three run home run, put the White Sox up uh, three to one, which is, of course, what the final score was. Can Jake Berger play second base already? Uh, you know, I know his lateral movement isn't there and he might not be a major league uh, second baseman. I, I don't care at this point. We need offense, and it just seems like when we're putting Jake Berger in the game and he's getting some regular at-bats, good things happen. Uh, not only will he hit the ball, he'll get on base, but he also flexes the power. That's more than what I'm seeing from Garcia and Harrison. I'd like to see Berger uh, in that lineup a little bit more at second base until whatever solution that's in AAA or wherever that's at uh, gets moved up. Uh, but at this point, uh, give it give it to Berger. What what can you lose right now? I mean, you know, he's he was the lone offensive uh, spark uh, Wednesday night. I'd like to see Berger in there a little bit more. So Sox really only, you know, they had five hits and that was it. But it's not what you hit. It's when you hit it. Um, was Dylan Cease tipping his pitches on Tuesday night? I'm going to tell you what his thoughts were on uh, that matter. More on that uh, in a moment. With spring in the air, it's time uh, for renewal and growth personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So there was some talk uh, after Wednesday's uh, game uh, about Dylan Cease possibly tipping his pitches. And it did seem like Boston knew what was coming, but I felt like they handled our relief pitchers uh, just, just as well. Aside from Velasquez, Boston was hitting everybody. But Dylan Cease tends to be pretty sharp, especially with his breaking ball. Now, his breaking pitch, 12-6 to curveball, was not what it usually is. But Boston did seem to jump on him early. It's almost like they had a game plan. So I don't know if it was Dylan Cease necessarily tipping or just Boston really reviewing that video for May 7th the last time Dylan Cease pitched against the Red Sox uh, this year, and they went to they went to work on that, maybe even studied some of Dylan Cease's uh, previous uh, outings, especially the New York outing, and just had a game plan. Uh, this is what Dylan Cease had to say about the matter. I think we're going to have to take some time and look into it. They put some good swings on it. Uh, Cease said, maybe leaving my curveball up a little bit, but like I said, we're going to have to take a deeper dive. We'll cover everything. They definitely had some comfortable swings in there. We'll have to see. I don't really want to say it's one way or the other without knowing for sure, but it's possible. Uh, this was Tony La Russa, 
uh, talking about uh, Dylan Cease's outing. You make 30-some starts, and you were going to have some where your location is not good, uh, and he just wasn't sharp, and they were ready to hit and made him pay. Uh, the pitches that they put in play were they had a lot in the strike zone. Um, so he just wasn't as sharp. And when we got him out uh, before he threw too many pitches. So, you know, not a ton there, but it seems like Dil- it's on Dylan Cease's mind. Um, and he's re- he's cognizant of the fact that that could be an issue. Uh, and, uh, you know, with technology and everything that we have, uh, I'm sure he's going to be able to review just about uh, every windup, uh, every at bat, uh, every motion um, of where maybe something differed uh, if Boston was able to pick something uh, up. Uh, so Thursday, the White Sox go for the series win, uh, sending Dallas Keuchel to the hill against Michael Waka, is pitching for uh, Boston. Uh, Waka in 2022, six games. He's 3-0 and with a 1.76 ERA, uh, 22 strikeouts in 30 innings. Waka pitched against the White Sox last year when he was with the Rays. Uh, he went five innings, gave up three earned runs, and had nine strikeouts and zero uh, walks. Uh, Keuchel has been pretty up and down this year. Uh, he did face Boston on May 8th. And he pitched pretty well. The White Sox won that game, of course. Uh, Keuchel's line in that game was six innings, eight hits, two earned runs, five strikeouts, and only one a walk. Um, that's the key for Keuchel, uh, limiting those walks, uh, limiting guys on base, uh, pitching to contact, um, you know, and not getting deep into the count. Uh, can Keuchel's soft-tossing stuff play like Rich Hills did uh, for a while? Uh, we should see. Uh, thank you so much, folks, for making uh, this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Locked On White Sacks podcast absolutely everywhere you find podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Locked On White Sacks your first listen. I'll make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, just call him Sully, uh, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap Keuchel's outing and hopefully be talking about a big series win for our Chicago White Sox. I really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Borowski. Until next time, go Sox.